All right, it is here. We are live. How is it going? Everyone that's watching, I am Bruce Jordan, the Michael Jordan Hotels. And of course, I have the one and only Lavelle Air. What's going on, girl? How you been? I'm awesome, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm doing well. Been looking forward to this. I am so glad you're on the show. Um, you're uh you're an author now. I was like saying, hey, you're you're a parent now, you're an author now. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> I see you with a with the hit lead like a girl. So, what what inspired you to to write this book? So, uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, and and I hope we know each other better um, as we continue um, our uh, new friendship. But uh, you don't know me very well. I don't look back very often. I'm a very in the moment, looking forward type of person. But um, when I do look back, I have had an amazing life, an amazing career. And even though there's been, you know, trials and troubles along the way, we all have those. I've survived them. I've overcome them. And it's really, the book is about gratitude. I just wanted to give back. You know, there's leaders out there that, are several station stops behind where I am in my journey. And I felt like some of the stuff I've learned, I can impart to them and the leadership lessons couldn't be written without the life lessons. So um, I'm really, you know, pleased with what happened and very thankful for where I am today. We are, we are glad to hear that. We, we know you had an, uh, an amazing life, uh, uh, a lot of trials and tribulations and, and outside of the, you know, personal and business. But uh, speaking of business, how did you get started in the hotel business? Well, like a lot of people in hospitality, the hotel business found me. I wasn't, uh, you know, sitting around thinking about a hotel career. Uh, I had a friend that said to me, uh, I think they're looking for a Back then, we called them secretaries. Um, he said they're looking for a secretary at a new hotel. And I went in and went to work in the absolute lowest totem pole, uh, part of the totem pole in the hotel sales office at the time as the secretary to the director of catering. And I began to see a place where I could thrive and grow and loved what I was doing. That's important. And um Look at me now. I'm in charge of 60 hotels and an awesome team. So, yeah, you're you're probably uh, you probably uh, talk to your other employees now, and they're like, "Man, I can't believe it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to admit, I've tried to get out a few times. But uh, someone said to me one time when I was kind of transitioning between jobs, and they said, "Well, why don't you just go back into the hotel business? That's what you're good at." So. Uh, it's been good to me and I'm and, you know, I'm my mother raised me to work hard and she would say, give them 110 percent every day you go to work. And that's how my sister and I were raised. And that's uh, what we do. And I will tell you that the hospitality industry is an industry that you get what you give. And it has certainly paid off for me. I'm I'm living my dream right now. That is amazing. I think I think most of us have tried to get out of this business once or once or twice. I remember I tried to get into fitness, and every time I try to get into fitness, I gain thirty pounds. Like just eating that ice cream. <laughs> You're doing that right. 
that pizza just looks too good eating pizza on a treadmill. <laughs> That's <laughs> now, in your current role, how many employees do you oversee and, and support? So I have uh, 10 direct reports. Uh, there's probably about altogether, there's maybe 23, 24 people on the support center team uh, that I'm responsible for. Uh, we oversee 60, more than 60 hotels. So the kind of the uh, extension of the dotted lines from the directors of sales and directors of catering and all of that. It's a, it's a lot of people. It's, it's a big responsibility. Leadership comes with responsibility. That's for sure. Now I, I can imagine because you, you guys have so many properties like it. It must be, you must have to like, well, I tell my team that um, delegation is development. <laughs> and it is really right you're empowering your team members you're empowering your leaders to do what you've hired them to do so and i have i have an amazing team like i wish i could call all their names right now but i have an amazing team well to do that you gotta be in a be an amazing leader you know based on your book what what do you think it what do you think it takes to be a great leader so when, and this is actually in the book, I really um, never intended to put as many life lessons in the book as I did. But what I started to realize, I thought it would really just be leadership lessons. What mm -hmm. I realized is the leadership lessons came from the life lessons. And you couldn't write about the leadership lessons without supporting it through the life lessons. So my grandmother, uh, was in the last few years of her life. And I asked her one day, I said, what wisdom would you impart to me? And she said, Lavelle, you're not better than anyone else and no one's better than you. Just be yourself and they'll like you. So I think authenticity is probably the most important thing as a leader if first of all, as a leader, you, you can't lead without followers, right? My granddaddy used to preach a sermon that said, you know, if you're going to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. But you can't lead if you don't have people that want to follow you. That's the most important thing of being a leader is to have people who want to follow you. If you're authentic, they'll trust you and they'll follow you wherever you take them. But if you're not, there's going to be a trust issue and, and you're not going to, it's just not going to be a good uh, relationship. You've got, you've got to have a good relationship with the people that you lead. So I think on authenticity is not the only thing you need to bring to the table, but it's probably at the top of my list as being the most important. I agree. I agree 100%. Now, what, what traits should every leader have? Like, is there one or two that everyone should have? Or do you have a whole laundry list? Or I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a chapter in the book, and it is uh, on the, it, it actually highlights the male and female attributes of a leader. And as soon as I wrote that uh, chapter, I did a test. I tested myself and I did like a one to five, right? Like in, in a five being, that's a strong trait for me. 
a one being it's a weak trait for me. And I actually do this in, in my coaching as well. It, it, it's an exercise that we do. So here's the thing. Some women have male traits and some men have female traits in mm -hmm. their leadership style. And it's not a one size fits all because again, it's, it's your life lessons that create the leader that you become. And so I, what I think is on any given day, there are traits that you're going to have to bring to the table. What's most important is not sitting here saying this trait's more important than that trait or vice versa. What's most important to the leaders that are watching this show is to understand what you're good at, where your solid traits are, and what you're not good at. And what you're not good at and the traits that you don't execute well are the ones that you want to work work on because as i said on any given day you need to bring a different uh, a different group of traits depending on the climate of your team and what's going on in that day we put a lot of fires out in the hotel industry right that's, that's what right. i love my job like i never i never know what my day is going to bring it's, it's all about what's happening in the hotels and what's going to come across my email. I would have been bored to death all these years if I went in and just worked a job. I could count on everything happening in the same order every day. So every day I have to show up being a different leader, being sensitive to the needs of my team. And that's what I think leaders should do. That's one thing about the hotel business. You always have something to do. If you get tired of one job, there's like 10 or 15 other different jobs or departments or titles that you can switch to. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, there, it, you know, and it's, there's a lot of people in the hotel business, right? So on any given day, you're dealing with what they brought to the table that day or what they brought from the, uh, I, I can't start unpacking that. We don't have long enough, but you're, <laughs> you're working with people. And I talk about this in the book. When you're working with people, you're also working with the conditioning. You're working with you're working with a person. And I hate to call it baggage, but sometimes mm -hmm. there's baggage from the conditioning of how we were brought up. My mom taught me to have a good work ethic. Like I told you, my dad taught me to walk in that room like I own it. Mm -hmm. And so I never realized I didn't have a seat. I just, I assumed I had a seat, yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. you yeah, know, that's right. but sometimes people mis misconstrued that as being uh, arrogant. So you have, you know, you have to be careful and you have to be very um, uh, aware of the perception that others have of you. I agree. That's that's what I get all the time. Oh, you're you're so cocky. You're Mister Know It All. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm Mister Don't Know Enough. <laughs> you're in yeah. the revenue management side, and I always say, like, I'm never the smartest person at the table if I'm sitting with the revenue management team. They're they're the brainy, <laughs> right? For sure, for sure. We could we could definitely see the patterns and and see what's coming most of the time. So now, do you believe everyone is a born leader or, you know, because there's some people out there, they just don't want the responsibility. They don't want to deal with it. 
I don't people, I don't believe that people are born to be leaders. Uh, and I would have, I would have answered that question just like you just did. I believe there are people that just don't want to be the leader and that's okay. That's okay. Cause we can't all be leaders that we'd have nobody to lead. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what I do, I do think is that um, you, you really have to um, do something that you enjoy doing. And if it takes you to it, getting out of your comfort zone is a good thing. I, I love to get out of my comfort zone because, because when I'm out of my comfort zone, I'm learning. Mm -hmm. But if, if it's just not something you aspire to, you're not doing the people you lead a good service, right? You, you got to show up every day, loving what you do, leaving your troubles at the door and, and, and knowing that they'll be there when you get home, they'll be there. Um, but you got to show up for the people that you're responsible for. You answered that question. It is a huge responsibility. You are responsible for not only the lives and career for the not only the careers, but also for the lives of others. And I didn't always remember that because it used to be about give me a new title and show me the money. <laughs> and, was I'm hey <laughs> now now the younger people now you're talking. <laughs> I did I was uh, I was climbing that ladder right I mean I was climbing that ladder and and but the a lot of the the, the people today that come into the workplace I I think they do a little bit better about I always have to think about this because I'll say it backwards but they work to live instead of live to work. But I came up when you, you were putting those 12 and 14 hour days in. My oh, yeah. mother said to me one time, oh, yeah. if you divide the money, the hours you work in the into the money you make, you really don't make that much money. I'm like, well, yeah, we well, don't that. Minimum wage. <laughs> yeah, we don't <laughs> have that um, but um, but it paid off. And so, and, and I have a wonderful job with PM hotel group and I couldn't be happier about coming to work every day and, and doing what I do. So it paid off, but yeah. Yeah. And give me the title had to go away and I had to start realizing I was leaving a legacy. It was about those people that I was leading. So that's when, that's when it really changed for me, to be honest with you. And if you're a leader and you're watching this program and you feel like you're stuck, maybe that's what you need to do. You need to let the self-promotion go and really just focus on making your team successful. And you'll find out that all of a sudden you'll become the greatest leader ever. Yeah, I, I think they're they're running to employees that they, they don't want the title. They just want, it, want you to show them the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, anybody who says money doesn't matter, it does. You have to have money to live. So uh, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Now, you know, most introverts believe like leadership isn't for them. Like what advice can you give them? So I think you can. I, I, I think most people can overcome any limitations that they have. I mean, I've seen people that overcame physical limitations and if they can do that, then we can certainly get over the, the, if you're an introvert, you can certainly get 
help for that and learn how to overcome that. I don't think you should limit yourself from doing something or, or taking an opportunity or doing something that you would like to do. Uh, if you're, you just have to retrain yourself. You have to have a new, this buzzword mindset. You have to have a new mm -hmm. mindset, right? And so um, that's really, uh, that's what I would say about that. I, I just don't, I, I don't think, I think when, when I think about any limitations I had uh, coming up in my career, they were self-imposed. I didn't feel like the people that I worked for created limitations for me, but I, I felt like there were probably some self-imposed limitations. You got to stop listening to that, those negative voices in your head. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, um, I, 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 a lot of the people like they're, especially when it comes to introverts, a lot of introverts that I, that I met and work with, they were brilliant, but they hate it. They hate it talking. <laughs> they, they just want to be in their cocoon, give them their work. They want to be left alone. Right. So a lot of times that like, they're the, if I have a question, like they're like one of the first ones that I ask first, because I know they're extremely analytical. Well, I know people that um, are that way and they're uh, more introverted than, uh, I, of course, I. If, if you look in the dictionary at extrovert, there's a picture of me. So, you know, I'm <laughs> the opposite of that. But um, my husband likes to say when she's got a microphone in her hand, she is the happiest she's ever been. So, but um, I, I think that there are a lot of people like that and they are super, super smart people. And they have been put into positions that uh, maybe they're not comfortable with, but you can overcome your, your, I, I'm putting myself way out of my comfort zone in a few weeks and I'm headed to India to do a yoga retreat and there's going to be camping and um, I'm, I'm going way out of my comfort zone, but guess what? I'm going to learn from that. I'm going it, to, it's going to be an education and I'm a huge proponent of, ongoing learning. You are never to, on the day that I leave this world, I want to learn something. Man, you're going to India for a yoga retreat. I'm going to send my wife with you. <laughs> oh, <let's go. laughs> it's a little, yeah, like, um, yeah, well, that's a whole nother podcast. When I come back, I'll do another one. <laughs> now, what, are, what are some of the struggles you had, you know, being a woman during your leadership journey? Um, you hear a, a lot of some women say that, you know what, they, they would make more money if they were a man or they'll get the things would be different if they were a man. But I don't I don't see that in, in your journey at all. Well, as I said, um, maybe I was naive. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But in, until I really started learning some of the stats about women versus men, I mean, for example, uh, CEO, the CEO seat, right? There, there. We finally, I think, last year, went into double digits. So now we're somewhat over ten percent of all CEOs are women. I think that mm. that was the stat that I read. Um, there, if if there are, if a woman starts work today, uh, on on average, if she starts work today and works, you know, until retirement she will probably make 40 to $50,000 less. Um, some huge stat like that. Um, it, it's, it's mind blowing when you look at it. 
as I said to you, Bruce, like I never realized I needed, I, I didn't have a seat or I didn't have a voice. And I never mm. really had what I would say to the to the female leaders, like just advocate for yourself. We are terrible, terrible at advocating for ourselves. And it's it it's a feminine trait that we have because we're it, it's we I had a coaching class and one of the questions was for one of the exercises was for the group, each person in the group to to advocate for themselves, to tell a story of how they add value to the company. And they would tell me about KPIs and they would tell me about the success of their team. And I finally said, no one on the call could really just advocate for self. Like I add this value. And that's what I would say to the female leaders. Like you have not because you've asked not. Like go ask for it. And that's how it's going to be. That's how we're going to have to change the stats. Because when is the last time somebody walked up to you and said, I like you, I want to give you an extra $50,000? No, nobody does that. <laughs> no, <not at> all. <laughs> you know, surprisingly, uh, some of my hotels that I like, I that I have to take over, I looked at the payroll and I was like, I have to increase the payroll. And they're all looking at me like I'm, I'm crazy. I'm like, no, this this payroll is too low. Like, this is why your turnover is too high. Um, a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the key players at the properties that I manage, they are women. You know, they. That you're able to be able to see things for what they are without the ego and the pride and all the other stuff that, uh, you know, gets, well, gets caught up in decision making. Hospitality so. specifically, when you start in hospitality, women are like 57 percent of management. When yeah. you get top jobs, we're like one in 10. Wow. Wow. That is a. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair at all. It's changing every day, though. And listen, I've worked with some amazing, amazing men in my career that get that. Like, they get that. I mean, PM Hotel Group has more female leaders mm -hmm. um, at the support center level. I mean, our our numbers are staggering compared to most companies. I mean, we're, we, we have a strong group of female leaders at PM Hotel Group. It's one reason why I enjoy uh, the, enjoy my job so much is because I know I have a voice. I know I have a big job. I know I have responsibility. And I know that, you know, they trust me and they've uh, trusted me with this position. Man. All right. You hear that? You heard that. You know where they go. <laughs> Come on, I, you know, the 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 uh, labor issue is not fixed. I don't care what anybody says. It's we're not going to be fixed for a long time. Down in the hospitality industry. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to change the legal working age to ten. <laughs> uh, that wasn't legal. Was <laughs> 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 An envelope when I was. Speaking, speaking of labor, you know, um, we, we've been facing a lot of challenges, you know, especially uh, space, especially with labor. Um, like, what are some of the things you did to, to overcome these challenges uh, in your leadership journey? So, um, 
you know what? I, this is going <laughs> to, I had to realize I didn't have to be the smartest person at the table. That's, that's really, you know, probably some of the best advice I could give. One of the things for me is I did not graduate from hotel school. I did not go to, uh, you know, NYU or Cornell or any, I, I didn't, I didn't choose to go to college. And for years, voice in my head, uh, would, I wouldn't apply for things. I wouldn't go after things and that um, I had every bit of experience to do, but I felt like that was, I felt like that would hold me back. And so what I realized is I don't have to be, I, I am pretty smart though, but uh, I don't have to be the smartest person at the table. I just have to assemble the right team. And I have plenty of team members that have more expertise in social media than I do, or more expertise in revenue management than I do, or can create a spreadsheet that I could never think of, like starting from scratch and creating that spreadsheet. Um, but I'm really good at leading them and coaching them and mentoring them. And so that's what I bring to the group. And I am smart enough to know when to use who I need to use uh, for that task and for that. And if you're doing that, if you're, if you're leading like that, uh, the only thing I would say to you is give credit where credit is due. Don't take their credit, give credit where credit is due. And, you know, I think that just made me realize like, I, I don't, I, I have a talent that some people don't have. And so um, I just leaned into that and, uh, and I advocate for myself. Again, I just never really was one of those. It's so odd that I wrote this book called <laughs> Girl because I wasn't having to do that uh, as I was coming up. It really, the title kind of took a life of its own. And mm -hmm. I just really wrote it because I always feel like whatever I do, I kind of do it like fight like a girl, you know, like if I'm running a marathon, I'm running to a year. If I'm doing something, I'm giving it everything I got. And that's just kind of been my personality. And that's why I named it Lead Like a Girl. But it wasn't because I felt like I was looked over, stepped over, not um, not treated fairly. I mean, I've had some amazing, amazing bosses. So uh, that recognized my talent and my work ethic. And I'm good at what I do. So I, I I don't think anybody should be hired based on your gender. You should be hired based on your work ethic, your experience, and what you bring to the table, period. Absolutely. I think your next book is going to be Fight Like Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> the next book is, but I can tell you what it's going to be about, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. What the <laughs> Now, uh, do you recommend like a daily routine for leaders, like to keep them on their toes? Like, what are some of the things that you do to make sure you're always in a know and that um, that you have all the information that you need to to make the best decisions? You know, I've said some of it throughout um, our conversation today, Bruce. But um, one thing I I absolutely, positively think any and everybody should do is self-care. You, you, that mm -hmm. has to come first. There is a reason why when you're on a plane, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on before you put it on the person sitting next to you that may need help. 
because if you're not showing up strong and fit and ready for the day, um, you can't help your team. So the self-care is not just about like exercise and not eating pizza on a treadmill. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> but it's um, it's about ongoing learning and just, you know, never stop learning. And if in, and I've seen people in this industry that didn't embrace technology and didn't stay on top of technology and you just, they, they fall behind. So that's a perfect example of when technology, you know, I used to be responsible for taking the big black book out when we had a fire, fire alarm. You remember? No, you're too young for that, but yeah. So that's when I started. So I always had to be a, a, a ongoing learner. And so I, you always have to, you have to do that. So self-care, ongoing learning, and just, um, you've got to control those voices in your head before you show up on the stage of leading others, right? You, you got to turn the negative into positive. And I do that through, um, I'm a proponent of the I am meditations. And mm -hmm. when I started practicing that, I mean, my life just went it really as good as it was, it got better. And then it got amazing. And um, so if you think you can't tell yourself you can, you know, it's I, I am going to be that director of sales. I am going to be a VP of sales. And that's and, and you got to believe it first. Right. You asked me about the introvert. And what I would say is, first of all, you got to want it. And second of all, you got to believe it. Because if you don't believe it, you, nobody else is going to believe it for you. And third you got to execute to whom much is given, much is required. You, you don't all of a sudden just get pushed, set, set down in a chair and say, you're going to be the leader. Like you had to, you had to execute to get there. And when you get there, you got to remember that it comes with a lot of responsibility. And yeah, that is true. That is true. It does. I think uh, the biggest mistake uh, most people make, they think skills equals leaderships and, and skills, sk having skills and being able to lead are like two different, two different things. Well, that goes back to me saying I, I don't have to be the smartest person at the table. There is no way that I could know and be an expert at everything. The 10 people, just the 10 people that mm -hmm. report to me. I think you asked me a question the other day, uh, a few minutes ago, and I, I would also like to say that as a leader, like you have to listen to your team. And as a young leader, I didn't always listen. Mm -hmm. Somebody once said, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You know, we should be using them in that order. And maybe I just got tired of talking and I listen better now. But <laughs> Literally listen to my team and because they are smart, they've got great ideas. I might learn something from them. They might have a better way of doing it. Where as a young leader, I would always come, I would always like shut them down or have a better idea or feel like I had to uh, kind of rain on their parade, if you will, if they brought it. But, but I learned like you, you can't, you 
so here's what I'd like to say about that. You have to know what a person's perception is as a leader. You have to know what a person's perception is of you. And you have to be so in tune to tuning into that, right? Because if I'm sitting across the table from someone who's been in the hotel industry for five years, mm -hmm. I'm leading a meeting. First of all, they're already intimidated because I'm the senior vice president or, you know, it, 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 the title can be intimidating. But if I'm intimidating them, I'm shutting them down. And mm -hmm. I'm missing an opportunity to learn from them or help them. You just, you, you got to be cautious about that. Warm, friendly. That's what we are in hospitality, right? We don't have to be experts and know-it-alls in everything. For sure. For sure. Except for you, Bruce. And you are just so smart. But yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you, the, you, listen the reason why when you go into real, like especially extremely intelligent people um they didn't have the option to to rely on anybody else uh, that's that's what i've seen like you know they they were like um there's this old uh, uh, a football player from back in back in my day uh, called dan Mario, dan marino and he would take the he'll take a bum team to the Super Bowl. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have the option to to rely on anybody else. So he has to make it happen because he doesn't have all the tools that, you know, uh, the other teams had. So, you know, I cut my leadership teeth uh, back in the nineties, really, when I was operating. It's so funny that you said that. And I never planned on saying this today, but when I ran my dad's television ministry, when he couldn't, and it was it was just a chaotic time, a, a tragic time for our family. And I was dealing with a lot more than just running a television ministry. But that's when I cut my leadership teeth. That's when the, the challenges, when things were so hard every day. Mm -hmm. And you just like you said, you just had to make it happen and you had to keep moving forward and you had to have a win at least one win a day and then you know and you just kept on going through each motion and the people that were with me then just we would sit and just be grateful that we made it through that day it taught me a lot it taught me perseverance it taught me to never give up it taught me if you believe in something stand for what you believe in it the i write about this in in the book on when i talk about the decades that built me but it really was the decade that built me as a leader. And, you know, I'm happy to say that my dad's back at the helm and he's on television four times a week at 83 years old. And looking back, all that uh, we went through and everything that the work I had to put in to, to keep the ministry going and make it happen um, was worth every minute every bump in the road, every mountain I had to climb, every time, you know, I thought I wasn't going to make it and I did. So that's, you know, that's what you just, you bring to the table is the conditioning that life doing what life does creates you. And you can either be bitter and give up or you can keep on going and find reasons to be grateful. 
Wow, you're you're you guys, you and your father should put together like a, a public speaking course or something. Cause <laughs> I, think, I think that'd be dynamic. The last public speaking course I bought was from Joe Biden. It didn't work out too well for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he actually asked me, I was at Bitech recently, and somebody asked me to give him some advice on speaking. And what I would tell you is be just be prepared when you're called to speak. Like don't ad lib that's never a good idea like you got to be a good study before you get to the stage and you got to know your you got to know your your speech before you get up there it's it's kind of like singing a song I, mm -hmm. I also sing if you know the words to the song that's half the battle you can you, you if you can carry a tune but if you don't know the words you're going to stumble you're going to miss the note you're going to miss the cue to come in or whatever. And so it's all about like knowing that the words to the song. And my dad, uh, when I first started singing, used to make me, he, he, he literally used to make me sing it like a hundred times before I could sing it on stage. So life is a practice and practice maybe makes perfect eventually. I don't know. I'm still trying to be perfect. I'm, I'm still practicing. So I haven't reached perfect yet. Yeah, you had a pretty decent music career, didn't you? Uh, you know, it was um, within the ministry. I've done a couple of gospel albums a uh, long time ago. If you find them on YouTube, you you I was a brunette then. So. <laughs> <laughs> it had big hair, even bigger than it is now. But uh, yeah, I was, a, I was a brunette back then. But yeah, um, no, I... I love to sing. My, my whole, I come from a singing family. My whole family is, is talented and my sister sings, my dad sings, my, plays instruments. You know, it's a, it, it was just in the DNA. <laughs> when my granddaddy would show up for church, he already had a choir because he had 10 kids. So <laughs> he had music in place. <laughs> so. Now, you know, um, with the book, like, what do you feel like the the theme or the message you were aiming to convey when you were when you were writing it? Oh well, um, what was like your number one goal when you were writing the book? Uh, just that you you know, again, I I do believe that I have my parents to thank for. My mother said, "You can do anything you set your mind to," and my dad never wanted one of his kids to have an insecure bone in our body. I mean, mm -hmm. that was when we, we were just raised that way. So I had a lot of advantage coming in to this role that I get to play every day. But a lot of people don't. And yeah. a lot of people don't have the support surrounding them that I did. And so I, I just want to give back. I mean, that's what it's all about. Like, I just want to give back. It's It's been a wonderful ride. And there are a lot of young women and men out there that would, I used to think that my VP of sales or the senior vice president of sales, man, I used to think, oh, I just want to be her. I mean, I thought, they must have the most glamorous life and, you know, it, it just traveling all the time. And, and it is great. I mean, it's awesome. I love to travel. I love to, 
stay in hotels. I grew up an evangelist daughter, so I've been traveling since I was two months old, but I love all of that. I'm happy when I'm in an airport. Most people are like, I have no idea how you do it, but I am happy when I'm traveling. And the hotel business allows you to do that. And my career has allowed me to do that. But really, Bruce, I, I just want to give back. And, and that sounds, you know, kind of corny, I guess, but it's what it's about. Like in leaving a legacy, it's got to be no more about the title and the money. And it's about the influence that I've had on people. I, I tell you what, um, I said this recently speaking at an HSMAI conference, but when I got my first above property role in 2005, I was so, I, I would have paid him, my boss to let me have that position. I just wanted that position so bad. I figured I had arrived if I could get an above property role. I went from one hotel to 27. I was in heaven. But um, what I started to realize when that press release went out is that I had already had a huge influence on the lives and careers of other people. Mm -hmm. and I guess I was moving so fast. I never really knew that until people started coming out of the woodwork, like congratulating me and telling me how I had, I had helped them in their career or had an impact on their career. Or they were a director of sales today because I worked for you at such and such a hotel. I was like, wow, wow. That's huge. And um, it started being about, you know what most leaders just need to realize? It's not about you. It's about the people you lead. Yeah. And when when you take that mindset and you think about that, and then, you know, I've just also had such an amazing influence from the, the ministerial family I was raised in. My granddaddy was one of the best public speakers ever. I could take almost every sermon he ever preached and turn it into a leadership lesson. And nice. so, you know, I mean, it's determination needed ahead. It's in my DNA and that's what we just have to lean into. Wow. You know, um, going back to what you said about, you know, uh, taking on that above property role, uh, a, a lot of people don't realize that that's a it, it's a lot that goes into that. It's it, you you go from one hotel to like twenty or thirty hotels, and you know you you can't. It's easy to control one property versus trying to control thirty of them at at one time. So or sixty or a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it, yeah. that, we finally got up to a hundred hotels uh, over a ten year period, but. Um, you know, it's, it, it, you are absolutely correct. It's not as glamorous as I thought it was. Yeah. Um, it's fun and it's rewarding. And if you love a challenge, it's challenging. And what I have to remember is I'm never going to fix them all at the same time. There's always, mm -hmm. there's always going to be a market problem or a hotel problem, or, you know, there, there's hotels are like children and, no two children are the same. If you're a parent of multiple children, then you realize I had one daughter. So I never realized until she had three that <laughs> they come with a different personality. It's not a one size fits all. And that's how hotels are because yeah. you can be a cookie cutter, you know, branded hotel 
But if you're sitting in a different market, even in, in, you know, we just took over, uh, transitioned into a hotel in Jacksonville and Jacksonville is a huge city. And so depending on the market or the neighborhood that you're sitting in can make that hotel different from another hotel. And so you got to be willing to flex and, you know, have a different, that's why I said, you can't bring just these top three traits as a leader to the table every day. You got to bring which ones you need that day. Yeah, for sure. For sure. This is my last question. What changes do you see for women leaders in leadership roles for the future? Well, we're gaining ground. I mean, look, we're a lot further ahead than where we used to be, right? And um, every day on LinkedIn, I see another woman uh, installed as a CEO of a company. And I think, you know, we are gaining ground. And I will tell you one thing. I always uh, I told you I'm really a positive person. So mm -hmm. sometimes I try to think about things that made COVID, that COVID made better. Okay. So one of the things I think COVID made better is out of the issues that we now have with the, with the workforce and the labor is that people are looking for more empathetic, compassionate, and collaborative leaders. And those are some of the top traits of female leaders. And what we, you know, are known for as female leaders is we're, we're empathetic and we like collaboration and we're great communicators. And so I think now some of the investors and owners and people that are making the decisions about who's responsible for their company and therefore responsible for the people that work for them, they're looking for those traits because the workforce is saying, I don't want to work. And if you're not going to, you know, if you're going to be autonomous and you're not going to listen to me, I don't want to work for you. And they're making those choices. So I think um, that has actually helped uh, people look closer at what a woman brings to the table. But again, I would just say people should be hired based on their talent, their work ethic, their experience, the knowledge of the industry that they're going to work in, not because of their gender, not because of the color of their skin, not because of anything other than what can you do? What can you bring to the table that's going to help meet the fiduciary responsibilities of this company and move this company forward? with a happy workforce. It's just, it sounds simple, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you don't. For sure. For sure. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on uh, the podcast. Where can everybody get the book? <laughs> Amazon. It's on lavelcasero.com. It's on my website. Uh, it's called Lead Like a Girl. Uh, leader's journey from aspirations to achievements. And thank you. I'm so grateful to you for this. And I wish you nothing but uh, good things ahead for you. Um, I, 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 you're writing a book and I can't wait for that to come out. And so uh, no pressure, Bruce, but <laughs> yeah, it's been so much fun. So, so We're much fun. waiting. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so anyway, no, thank you so much. And and yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Nobles. You just Google lead like a girl, Lavelle Casero. It will come up at an online real, uh, realtor, uh, real, <laughs> online retail store near you or uh, again at lavellecasero.com. The book is also part of the best top five books for this week at besthotelbooks.com. Got to go check it out. All right, this is Bruce Jordan and Lavelle signing out. Have a great day.